I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to another special midweek extra edition of the Mazadcast. We're going to preview the UConn game. We've got a couple guests for you. Desmond Connor from the Hartford Current will tell us about this UConn squad we're going up against. And then we sit down again with Howard Richards, the play-by-play analyst and Dallas Cowboy, Missouri Tiger legend, who's going to talk to us a little bit about what Missouri needs to improve on to uh, not only beat UConn, but to get into SEC play after this Saturday. So enjoy the interviews and go Tigers. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Sam! This is the Mazadcast. Joining us now is Desmond Connor from the Hartford Current to tell us a little bit about the Yukon Huskies. This is the first matchup between Missouri and uh, Yukon. Uh, the first of a home-and-home home series. So thanks for joining us, Desmond. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So uh, I wanted to ask you about what we can expect to see when uh, UConn comes to Columbia on Saturday. Uh, we've seen a couple games out of Missouri and know what we've seen as strengths and what we've seen as weaknesses, but uh, a lot of our listeners don't know what to expect out of UConn. Well, I mean, they were a program that won two games all of last year. Um the first year under um, new coach uh, Bob Diaco, uh, who, um, who who believed that the culture needed to change, um, that there was a culture of losing uh, here when he got here. So, you know, from from everything to painting the walls different, to making the uniforms different, to you know just making everything different. He um, he wanted to change the culture, and part of the culture uh, involved things on the field too. It involved you know making yourself. Uh, you know, look like a Division One A athlete. I mean, they have a they have one of the best best strength and conditioning coaches in the country now here in uh, Matt Bayless, and all these kids since he's been here, all their bodies have transformed to something that <laughs> I'm sure all of them are very happy with now. And the truth is, you got to be big to play this game right now. Um, you know, the smaller guys. You know, you, you, you got to be special uh, to make your way. But this is this is a big man's game right now, and Diaco understands that. The 
one thing now that we don't know that's taken hold yet this season because obviously um you know adversity was one of the issues that that uh, was part of the culture of losing so they've addressed some of that you know in terms of adversity they they saw that in both of their first two games and dealt with it but now you're talking about a whole new level of adversity when you're going on the road to play an SEC team uh for the first time so we'll we'll, we'll get a good look at how the culture is, has taken um, in terms of being on the road against a really good program. Sure, and uh, as you mentioned, the uh, Huskies were 2-10 and 10 last year, but they've already matched that win total this season with wins over Villanova and Army. So, you know, things obviously look on the up and up thus far, and uh, Tiger fans are certainly concerned about uh, our offense, which has been sputtering, and particularly at the offensive line, which hasn't been able to... Uh, to give the running game much support. And uh, what does UConn look like on the defensive front? Uh, do you expect them to continue to give the Tigers trouble? Well, defensively is where they're going to be um, at their strongest point, I think. I think that's the strength of the team. Uh, the front seven uh, is really solid. Um, but really, their secondary, you know, I think particularly the safeties, um, are the strength of the team. Um, you know, a lot of these guys have playing experience. The safeties have been two and three year starters, so I mean they they're 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 the strength of the team. Byron Jones, um, a first round draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys, has been replaced by a kid named Jamar Summers at one cornerback spot, and he's really stepped up very nicely um, to, to to steady himself in that defensive backfield. But defensively, really, I think that's the strength of the team. You know, offensively, the offensive line still has its issues, and until those issues get fixed in the running game, you know, that that offense is always going to be suspect when it comes to picking up, you know, putting points on the board. And it's it's for now, until that stuff smooths out, it's going to be the defense that leads UConn football for a little bit. You know, they sound very similar to what we've seen uh, Missouri this year. The Our defense has mm-hmm. looked pretty strong in, in the – the offense is sputtered, as I mentioned before, and so it, it sounds like uh, maybe it'll be a defensive battle. Uh, I, that's that's possible. We'll see. I mean, I you know, Bryant Sh- Sheriffs is a good quarterback here, but he's not Matty Mock. I mean, Matty's, Matty's you know, <laughs> I mean, they both do it with their arms and legs, but you know, Matty's a proven guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, these these guys are going to have to. I mean, they're going to have a challenge uh, with him now. You know. One of the advantages that they have is that the first quarterback they played, John Robertson uh, from Villanova, was the FCS's most uh, valuable offensive player last year, won the Walter Payton Award. So he's a guy who does it with his arm and his feet, and they contained him pretty well. Uh, last week they faced Ahmad Bradshaw from Army, who, you know, he did break loose on a 65-yarder, and I mean nobody could catch him. That's how fast he was. Mm-hmm. But you know this, but but he he was one of those runner thrower types that they're going to see uh, this week as well. So they got a little a little look uh, at that, but neither one of those is uh, can, can do what Maddie does. So they they got a little test of it, but now he's going to be the um, the step up from what they've seen so far. Well, Maddie is uh, obviously he's a playmaker. He's also somewhat inconsistent and. Uh, 
the first two matchups we had against Southeast Missouri State and Arkansas State were uh, uh, everybody in Columbia expected those to be wins, but they were a little closer than folks expected. And, um, you know, perhaps with a little arrogance um, coming in, going into Atlanta as the two-time SEC East champion, I think maybe they weren't even considering this game against UConn. But what do you think? How do you think these two teams will actually match up? Well, I think um, UConn's offensive line is going to have trouble. Um, they've had trouble, you know, for years. And they have, they look a little better. And I do mean a little better um, from what they were last year. And they were terrible last year. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that that's where I see um, the big advantage for um, for Missouri. And that's huge. If if you blow up the offensive line, I mean, what can you do? Right. Uh, your, your, offense is, your offense is done. Now, if the defense can step it up another level, I mean, they, you know, you're, I, I think the running back situation there is a little, um, little shaky. You got some inexperienced receivers there. So, I mean, there may be some advantages there, but I, I, I think, I think Matt, Matt is one of those guys that in big games, and I think this is going to be a big game for Missouri right now, simply because of the way that they played in their first two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think he shows up. I think he, I think he shows up for big games and does some nice things. But he'll, 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 he's going to take some hits too. But I, I think he'll, I think he'll be, I think he'll be what people think he is, what they expect him to be, the playmaker that he that he's capable of being. Yeah, certainly uh, one thing we saw against Arkansas State is uh, Matty Mock was r- set loose to um, to run a lot more than he had in a, certainly right. last year, and, and that'll assumingly be the same case this Saturday with Russell Hansborough, our leading running back, is going to be sitting out with a sprained ankle. And as you mentioned before, our other backs are inexperienced and have struggled, and so I think a lot of that is going to fall on Mock. And if uh, the UConn can contain him, it may be the focal point of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think it's that in, in, in UConn's um, offensive line. I, I think that's where the game is going to be won. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, have you been to Columbia before? Are you coming in this weekend? I I have not been there. Um, our columnist, Jeff Jacobs, is a graduate of the University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. we're all, so we're all looking forward to that and razzing him a little bit yeah. uh, over, uh, over it. But uh, definitely looking forward to coming into uh, Columbia this weekend. Sure, and if the, if you need any advice on where to eat or where to hang out, we'd be happy to provide it because uh, it's a, you know it's a good college town as a lot of them are, and so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it giving us an outlook on what UConn's going to be bringing into Columbia, and uh, I guess in two years we'll be heading up there into Hartford. Yep, that's right. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks for joining us. Joining us now is Howard Richards, the color analyst for the MU Tigers. Thanks for joining us, Howard. Hey, good to be here, Brendan. So the UConn Huskies, we don't know much about the UConn Huskies. Missouri's never played them before, but we do know a little bit more about uh, the Tigers after two games. 
And I guess my biggest concern is our offensive line. Do you think there will be improvement either based on UConn being bad or midweek adjustments by uh, Pinkle's coaching staff? I guess the best way to answer that question is that we, we all hope that they're going to be better. I know that Taylor Chapel is going to get the started left guard. Alec Ablin, who had started the previous two weeks uh, against SEMO and Arkansas State, had some struggles. He's not a very big uh, person playing left guard. He's, he's he young. Goes right? about, he's young, too. Yeah, he only goes about 6'3", 290. And listeners are going, well, that's, that's not big. <laughs> <laughs> but his offensive linemen go, you know, 290 is, is really on the smaller side. And some guys like that struggle a little bit with the height aspect of it. But that'll, you know, as he plays more, you know, he's, he's, he's only been a starter for two weeks. Mm-hmm. As he plays more, you know, he'll start to learn the game and how to use leverage and, you know, use other strengths in your game uh, to, to overcompensate for whatever lack of strength that you had. And I know that's something that he wants to work on uh, later on down the road. But Taylor Chapel, who has started a number of games, um, he started probably 10 games before going into last year or you know, through last year. He's going to get the start at uh, left guard. And he's played tackle before, but playing guard's easier than playing tackle. So he should be protected. His his playing experience should be helpful for, for Missouri. And plus Taylor, you know, he's, he's a little bit bigger. He's 6'5 and plus 300. So mm-hmm. I think it helps Missouri to have him in there. Talking about uh, the tackle position, uh, this year Connor McGovern has moved over to left tackle, and he struggled a little bit as well. Now, he doesn't lack for strength. He's he's a big weight room guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Coach Pinkles talked a little about it. his technique at left tackle is uh, is a little raw still, and that has shown itself. Do you expect Connor McGovern to grow into that left tackle position, or do you think it's, it's going to be a weakness uh, throughout the season? Well, you hope it's not going to be a weakness, and it's like anything. Left tackle is – far and above the, the toughest position on the offensive line to play. I say that because I played it. It's it's the hardest position to play as you're playing against your opponent's best athletes. And typically you're on an island out there. So if you if your technique's bad in pass protection, you can look bad very, very quickly. Um, so it, it with McGovern, it comes down to playing the position more. And then going back to fundamentals, footwork, hands, you know, and, and being your know, hand placement when you're blocking someone so that you don't, you know, if you're placing your hands too low on a defender, you know, they can swim you and you get your head down and you're defeated. So you've got to get your hands up, up around those pads. You've got to be able to stop a, a speed rusher quickly before he gets momentum upfield. So you've got, you've got to mix up how you set in your pass protection. Uh, you're not always setting deep. You've got to mix up uh, short sets so you shock a guy so that he can't really get a beat on what you're trying to do offensively. That said, when they like to split out wide, you have to also uh, be good enough to protect yourself from an inside rush because once you angle out to go get him out there, good defensive end will figure out a way to, to beat you to the inside. So all the good left tackles don't get beat to the inside. You, Whatever you do, it may not look pretty, you need to force that, that defensive end up the field and stay with him because those that are really good tend to loop back around and make plays uh, as a quarterback either gets stuck in the pocket or if he's trying to find something, uh, an open receiver. Those are the nuances that it, it comes with playing left tackle, and that's why it's so hard to, to be able to do that. So you've got to be athletic. 
you've, you've got to have great fundamentals and great footwork. And I know that's what Gary Pinkle is doing this week in preparing his team, going back to basics, even with the receivers, throwing and catching, you know, right. just yeah. the most basic fundamental things that you tend to get away from during your work week because you're working on game plan, you're working on situational football. But none of those things matter if you don't have the fundamentals in place. I talked about the offensive line, but the the payoff on them doing well uh, shows most directly will be our rushing game, which has been our other weakness right out of the gate with Hansborough getting injured. And then um, also our backups have been dinged up a little bit. Uh, Ish Witter, the primary backup, hasn't really stepped up and taken ownership of, of the secondary role after Hansborough. Do you expect that to improve? Is it a product of inexperience? Is it a product of, you know, sore groin for Tyler Hunt, falling on his head, Ish Witter? Of course, the injury of Morgan Stewart, the hip that's taken him so long to heal from. Why hasn't our rushing core been able to step up? It's a combination of, again, you know, new guys in the position. You know, Ish Witter was a uh, spot player last year playing behind both Marcus Murphy and Russell Hansborough. So he, his carries, his opportunities were very measured last year. Now you've got another new offensive line, uh, so the cohesiveness isn't quite there. As a new running back, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and you're anxious to, to get to certain spots where you, you want to be once a play is called. But for running backs, for the really good running backs, it's a constant adjustment uh, and, and your biggest asset is your biggest assets rather are patience and vision as running back. You've got to have patience to be able to allow a play to develop, uh, especially if you are in a play where you, you have the ability to cut it back or roll it back to wherever daylight is there. You don't want to get too close to your offensive line because um, sometimes you've got to slow it down, allow the, uh, the defense to commit one way or the other. And even though the play is scheduled to go outside, you may have to cut back inside that offensive tackle. That may be where the daylight is. So as a running back, you've got to first be able to see that and feel it. And secondly, you've got to then have the patience to wait for it to develop and then hit the hole wherever you see the daylight develops. Because, you know, it may go play side right at off tackle, but you may end up rolling it back to where the center was because mm-hmm. that's where the opening was. It depends on the, the stunting and what the defense does. And that's, you know, the, the, again, patience and vision is what two of the best assets that uh, a running back can have. And I think you're right. Uh, I mean, Ishwitter certainly doesn't lack for talent. There were times uh, last week when on Sweet Place, for instance, when he had an open running room, he's very fast mm-hmm. and he's a he's a good runner. He uh, likes to bounce everything to the outside, yeah, which does. is not, right. you know, it's not always the best move. Right. You know, and he likes to spin, which is great. But sometimes you've you've got to you've, you've got to get in there and get those tough yards, hit it, square your shoulders, duck, and just get those tough yards mm-hmm. and then make a guy miss in the hole and then you're on your way but right. you can't bounce because athletes at this level they're too good yeah and um they will take that outside they want to take that outside away from you especially a speed back that likes to get to the edge uh, so they will force you back to the inside where the pursuit will catch up to you so you have to learn to kind of take what that defense does for you that's where your experience offensive line, if they're knocking guys off the ball, 
and, and not getting stalemated by the defense, which is what a defense wants to do. Create stalemates, uh, get penetration as a defensive lineman. As an offensive lineman, you want to get movement. You want to give them. All you need is really a yard of movement and a little bit of space, and uh, your good running backs will be able to exploit that. You know, it seems like everything we thought we knew prior to the season is reversed. <laughs> we, we had an experienced offensive line, an experienced uh, running back core, and we had a we had question marks on the defensive line because mm-hmm. we'd lost a lot of players to the NFL, and so we had a young defensive line. Well, now we're struggling in the O line, we're struggling on the run, but our defensive line has looked fantastic. In fact, our entire defense has looked fantastic. Do you think it's a product of us playing lesser talent, or do you think this defensive line is for real when we get into SEC play? It's not unlike last year. The same types of growing pains that Missouri experienced in 2014 campaign, they're experiencing the same types of things this year. The defense, although I knew that the defense would be better, uh, I didn't think that through week two we would see players like Charles Harris really standing out as quickly. We hope that he would have evolved into that type of player. But he's really starting to set himself apart. We've gotten really good play also from um, uh, Marcel Frazier, the other bookend defensive end, uh, Walter Brady, the backup. Uh, Nate Howard, the freshman, looks like he's going to have a lot of promise. Terry Beckner, Jr., uh, is could end up starting very soon because uh, he's very active uh, and he's he's he disrupts plays. I mean, he has that unique early burst to be able to you know, create that mismatch up front with uh, offensive linemen. I think you're going to see him playing more. Uh, we know the linebacking core is better. Uh, we know the, the defensive backs are better. So that whole defensive unit, while you may not have superstars and, and household names, if you will, uh, collectively, they're a better unit. Um, and going back to the offensive side of the ball, I, and the questions that I had concerns about, um, I thought that the middle would be solid, you know, with Evan, Evan Bame anchoring uh, those two, um, the interior portion of the line, and Mitch Hall at right guard and whoever started at left guard. Uh, I thought that would be the most solid area. I had more questions about the tackles, probably more than everyone else. You know, with the move of... Um, of uh, uh, McGovern to left tackle and a brand new star, uh, Nate Crawford at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Nate Crawford's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, he's played pretty consistent football. One or two things that just come from from playing, and I think he's a guy that's really going to be a good find for Missouri at right tackle. What do you expect uh, this upcoming game against UConn? Um, I mean, UConn is two and zero, but they played some questionable teams and. Um, my my own suspicion is that Missouri is going to overmatch UConn more than they have against the, both SEMO or Arkansas State. But what are your thoughts about this game in Columbia? From a an offensive standpoint, um, I think it's it's an area uh, or one of the areas that Missouri's got to work on. Uh, they do need to get that running game established. And Hansborough's out. Hansborough's out for the game. And, and typically, or, or you know, he's probably only out a week, but you don't know. It may take him a little bit longer to, to heal, although I talked to him uh, after the Arkansas State game. He said he was fine. But I think it's probably wise for them to rest him this week to risk further injury to it and just let it heal. Um, but the other guys, you, you, they need more repetitions. Uh, 
the offensive line has to get that running game going because this is a running league, and you have to be prepared to run the football in the SEC. You know to create that balance and to open up your passing game. You got young receivers that uh, you know they started off the season doing some some great things against Semo, but they you know dropped a lot of balls. There have been four touchdown passes dropped in two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, you don't want to put that type of pressure on these young receivers. So you've, you really need to develop that running game to, to sort of complement or and to overcompensate for you know the lack of experience in the passing game. But all those areas just need to, to improve. Again, you know, from, from the offensive line standpoint, they've got to be better. And that just comes from work, working in practice, working on all those things that, again, the fundamentals uh, that you need to work on. Um, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that the, with the running game struggling uh, last week, Josh Henson, um, we saw, gave a lot of design draws to Matty Mock, mm-hmm. and they were successful. And with a reliable backup in Drew Locke now, do you expect that we're going to see a lot more of that type of play? I think you're going to see Matty Mock make early decisions to run when he sees those openings, uh, much like he did against Arkansas State. Uh, I think Gary Pinkle has given him the go-ahead to do so because he's done it. He's been there. You know, he's 15-4 and four as a starter. Uh, and a lot of those big wins have come with Matty running and picking those spots to to get a key first down when they've really needed it. Um, sometimes it's hard for a defense to account for the quarterback. And when you've got a quarterback that is so good uh, at using his legs to, um, you know, to, to extend drives, then hey, you've got to be able to to take advantage of that. And uh, I don't think this week will be any different. If, if Maddie sees an opportunity to go, he's going to go. Any play that Matty Mock runs instead of hefting the ball wildly <laughs> downfield into like triple coverage, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah I, I am too. You know, he's 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 done that two weeks in a row. You mm-hmm. know, that's what you're going to get with him. Yeah, I hope that you know as each week uh, evolves that he will continue to evolve as a player and get out of those bad. Habits. Man, we've been hoping that for two and a half. Years. I know, I know. And you thought, hey, Matty, you know, he's worked at it. He went to the the, the Manning camp which is the premier camp for quarterbacks. But sometimes old habits are just really hard to break. And I think that's what you see with him. He's a competitor. He wants to make every play. Mm-hmm. But as a quarterback, you just got to know you, you can't do that. You can't do it. But he, I will say he's made some good decisions when they've needed it most. Um, although, you know, there have been a couple – He's getting better. He's not getting worse, though. Good, yeah. He, and everybody knows he's a gamer, and he's a fourth-quarter guy generally, and uh, he's he's been successful. His, his winning record shows that. I feel like we have a different standard for Matty Mock than we have for any other quarterback. When he's 53% passing rating <laughs> and you know two touchdowns and three interceptions, we just shrug, and we're like, well, but we won by 10. You well, know? And, and, and you've, when you've got a defense that can get you out of tight jams, then that's what you go with. Yeah. You know, Matty Mock is not unlike what Tony Romo is to the Dallas Cowboys, who Tony Romo has evolved into in his 13 years into a premier quarterback. Although he's, you know, the Cowboys have only won two or three playoff games, statistically, he's at the top of the heap. You know, he has more fourth quarter winning drives, game winning drives, than anyone in the league right now. That includes. Uh, Tom Brady, 
It includes the kid at Green Bay. It includes all the top quarterbacks. So there's something to be said about that. Where he's quietly, Aaron Rodgers was the name I'm trying to think of. He is quietly um, just a little little quarterback. Aaron yeah, Rodgers. <laughs> yeah just that, that guy. You know, discount double check. Mm-hmm. He's becoming a guy that um, is. You know, he's a guy that can get Dallas over the hump. I know we're not. This is not a Dallas Cowboys. I was going to say, it's 15 minutes, <laughs> that's where it took you to get to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I knew it was bound to happen. <laughs> but Maddie, this the same thing. Moving parts, you know, inexperienced players. That's why he eventually will become, for as long as he's in there, he's going to be that quarterback that's still going to be a playmaker for the Missouri Tigers. Well. What is your prediction for next, this weekend? Um, what do you What do you think the score is going to end up? Being? I, I think it's it's a home game. Missouri knows that it has to um, play well. I typically don't make predictions, but uh, Missouri should should win this game handily. You know, I, you know by at least two touchdowns. So um, they the, the biggest thing, regardless of the scores, that they continue to to improve, uh, especially on offense. And that's what they'll need to do to be ready for uh, the following week, a a much-improved Kentucky team. Thanks a lot, Howard. I appreciate it. Look forward to the next one, Brendan. Absolutely. So there you have it. I don't know if you heard the same thing I did from both of our guests, but uh, to me it sounded like they both predicted a 42-0 Missouri Tiger win. Um, Well, so we can look forward to that and – now you've listened to the show and you're all up on all there is to know about Missouri football, you can sit back on Saturday, watch Missouri go 3-0 and on the season heading into SEC play, we hope. Thanks for listening and tune in on Sunday when you hear our regular show. And buckle up, assholes, because it's going to be a good one. Go Tigers! Go Tigers!